Hold on to your hats. The countdown to the biggest wellness event of the year is on. Join us on August 15 and 16 in Melbourne for not one but two days of Powerhouse Wellness featuring 11 of Australia's most inspiring, entertaining, educating, fermentating speakers. Damo, what is fermentating? MP, I'll tell you at the summit. Your favourite wellness couch speakers are joined by special guest Nat Kringudis on all things hormones and female health. Join the Up For A Chat girls, the wellness guys, the natural nutritionist Steph Lowe, Kale Brock, Quirky Cookings, Joe Witt, Marcus Pierce, and the rest of your favourite wellness couch podcasters. Regular and VIP tickets are still available, but hurry before this summit is sold out. For tickets, go to www.thewellnesssummit.com. The Wellness Summit is proudly brought to you by Well & You. Be someone that makes you happy. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up For A Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, Up For A Chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Mara. And welcome to today's RIP snorter of a podcast can I just say actually mind you I think I'm showing my age I think there was an album many 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 moons ago back in the 80s called the rip snorter (laughs) it was one of those compilations I don't know where I just got that from (laughs) so today we're going to talk about all things to do with success and failure and you know we have had an absolute plethora of questions come through the Facebook pages asking us to talk on certain subjects and we are going to work our way through them. And today's the first day that we're really um, honing in on a handful of your questions that we've kind of compiled together to really help us to explore, you know, exactly what the hell is success and what do people mean by that? And specifically, what is failure? And I think what could kind of be cool in this conversation would be for us to also explore how the three of us deal with that in our lives. Because honestly, there's a real reality that a lot of people don't see that goes on behind the scenes. And we were just having a chat about this off air about how, you know, when we show up on stage or when we show up on these podcasts, it's all bells and whistles. But, you know, there's a whole world of, of work and, and commitment and focus and ups and downs that come together to bring a moment of potency to life. It's almost like I reckon I could put maybe five years of up and downs for five minutes of potency. How about them apples? (laughs) (laughs) I reckon that's about it. So let's, let's go down the rabbit hole. Let's explore it. Let's see what comes out of today's conversation. And um, yeah, over to you, crazy cats. So, um, okay, so success. Success. What does success mean? What does success mean to you? Well, you know, I've I've been thinking about this and, you know, as far as success goes, it's it's really cool to be in a position where um, you feel like that you have the time to do the things that you want to do. So, uh, you know, when when you're... um, you get up in the morning and it's a drudge and you go to work and it's a drudge and you come home and you just your life's just one big drudge. That's not success. But if you, you know, have made the time and organised your life and figured it out and have the energy and, and the health to get up in the morning. Um, so for me, 
I go to bed at night and I can hardly wait to get up in the morning. It's This is, to, to me, success. I'm so excited about my mornings because I've created this amazing start to my day that I can hardly wait to go to bed so I can get up in the morning. <laughs> I know that sounds really that stupid. so cute. <laughs> but I, I am, and especially when I've been away and I haven't been able to do my home base and the things I like to do and the things that I see as success. So, you know, my alarm goes at 6 o'clock. I have 20 minutes to get my togs on, get myself organized and get down to the beach, meet this amazing group of people, uh, I swim, I'm in that water and I'm in nirvana. That to me is success, is when you can find that amazing place that makes you feel good. This costs me no money, nothing, or no thing, as Karen would say, nothing. Yeah. And and then I have a coffee and there's usually a philosophical talk or, I don't know, just a chat with um, the people that I swim with. And then I go home and I have a beautiful breakfast and I have time to have a shower and because I have a whole lot of clothes in my wardrobe and that's not, I don't mean that in that I have a big wardrobe, it's just that it's bigger than a suitcase (laughs) (laughs) and I get really excited and I see all the clothes that I can wear instead of the three items of jeans, shirts and dresses or whatever that I take with me but I have this array in my wardrobe and I go, oh, what can I wear today? And I think for me success is that that I've just talked about, the relationship I have with my absolutely amazing children, the fact that I have girlfriends and especially you two, that I know that you are always there if I need you and if I'm upset, you are there. If I'm crying, you are there. And, and yes, I've, my, my business is successful, but I've been doing this 30 years. This is not an overnight success. But that pales into insignificance to what I have just explained that I believe success is. Um, so, you know, I guess, I guess it's about being happy. It's about being content with who you are as a human being. It's about having respect for your body and doing the right thing by it and respect for your mind and doing the right thing by it. And for me that, that, you know, I guess that's what I feel success is, guys. I I don't know what else to see that, of it, that it is. You know, is it getting up on a stage and having 350 people in front of you? Um, you know, that's pretty cool too and that makes my heart sing. And to know that people come and they, they say, hey, Cindy, I read your book 10 years ago. I followed you and I've, you've changed my family's life. That feels good but I didn't do the work. They did the work. Mm. I just gave them the information. And everybody can get the same information and there will only be a, um, a handful, uh, you know, in, in perspective as far as how many read the information. So there will only be a handful that will go, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get off my butt. I'm going to make the effort. I'm going to get and I'm going to change the, the health of my children or my family or my husband or myself or I'm going to respect myself. So when they come up to me, I'm just happy I gave them the information. But I then say to them, hey, you're the ones. It wasn't me. I just gave you the information. Yeah, I think that that's awesome, Cindy. That is. That's awesome. That's that's just absolutely beautiful because everybody is doing the work, aren't they? I mean, as much as we think 
we can be guides and we can support and, um, you know, help people at the end of the day. Um, it's really about everybody actually being prepared to do the work themselves. And when we get lost or when we don't really um, pay attention or we don't stay focused on our goal, doesn't matter who we follow, there's never going to be an opportunity to um, experience what that feeling of success actually feels like, doesn't it? So, Kimmy, you chart. What do you think? What's, what's your definition of success? What does it feel like for you? Well, you know, fulfilling that role of, of tart is Being quite, tart? I, I do quite well, I thought. It um, comes so I naturally. Would, it just I would call so that success. Yeah, <laughs> one should always um, fulfill one's passion, really. Well, you know, in a way, success is really, success to me is really doing that, living your passion, living through your desire, living through things that make your heart sing. I mean, the more I look at someone who's financially successful, I, I think that that is an amazing success in itself and I really admire and love to understand what their lessons and learnings were around how to do that. Um, I would love to have everybody be given $100,000 over a year and see what 10 people did with that $100,000 by the end of it. I'd love to measure what people would look and I guess the people that created the most would be one definition of success maybe. Um, I think for me personally it's not so much about the assets or the things or even the amount of money we have but the way in which we live each day um, and I don't mean that to sound cliche but to me to have two healthy children like, like Cindy was talking about and to have a relationship with them that is... Um, you know, to me was pretty successful giving birth to those two and actually getting them through childhood without killing them or them killing me in the process I think was successful. Um, I think I think the fact that I have a business that even though I'm like a duck sitting on the surface of the water, maybe, no, I'd like to say swan, I'd like to say I'm gliding through the water, but underneath it, if you could all see my feet, they're like I really, you know, I, I push it. The fact that I have four people work under my guidance and that I have to pay each week every week I see it as success that I can pay their wages um, I think success is watching my daughter it's interesting when I watch her dance uh, to me success is her even being able to perform let alone where she comes um, although I did take the mickey out of her one day we were in at Lorna Jane and and she had got runner-up and it was beautiful what she had done in this ballet competition. We're in Lorna Jane and she got this beautiful couple of things. I think I spent $220 on her. And she goes, wow, mum, that's amazing. And I joked and said, yeah, imagine what you would have got if you got first. Um, but anyway, that was just me taking the thing. Um, but, you know, like I just I love to play on what it means to win and what it means to be ahead of the game or what it means to lead. I don't think any one of those has meaning unless it has meant something to you or that you feel you've done it with the right intention, the right heart, the right ethos. Um, I think success often is, is getting really satisfied in giving even more than what you can get from the world. I would say that for me, the more I can give, the more I realise I get back anyway. So um, that mindset has really worked for me. Um, you know, we had... We, we had everything, a uh, house, mortgage-free, we had the car, we had a business of Danny's, we had everything you could say that looked successful on the surface and when the storm financial thing came in and crashed, we lost all of that. 
and I really wondered if the fact that um, you know we were then renting a house and whatnot and yet the kids turned around to me and they said we still feel rich so I realized money isn't success so but it certainly helps the misery I will say that I know that for a fact that money certainly helps any challenges and struggles out there um, but for me personally sweetheart success is having you two and and women in my life that feed my soul it's having our beautiful listeners on the show oh I think we could all say we would be highly successful knowing that each week people tune in to hear our conversation. I, I think that's pretty phenomenal. I think the fact that I have my health and a mind that is able to give is one of the most amazing successes in my life. So I don't know if that answered your question, Kaz, but I think I, I don't know if I can give it one meaning. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that that's the challenging part, isn't it? I mean, to think that you could define success in one sentence, it's challenging. And I don't know that anybody actually could do that because it does have such a, you know, it's such a broad brush. Um, so I think that um, it's about, you know... <sighs> I don't know, I've been sitting here trying to think about how I would describe success for myself as well. And I think that, you know, there are so many blessings that a person has in their lives that when we're not present to them, and even just this conversation has really made me very present, um, there are so many blessings that we've got in our lives that when we're not present to them, we don't see them as success. We just see them, uh, well, we don't even see them, so we just take them for granted. And I think that um, if a person becomes very present to just what's pre what's there in the moment, you know, you could be grateful that we've got technology. You could feel like that's a success, like to be able to successfully have a conversation with people that you love that then goes out to billions of other people that you love. That's pretty awesome. Um, and, you know, to be able to have a mind that can think and a body that can create and deliver and a heart that beats and loves and, you know, um, arms that reach out and hug. I think all of those things are in and of themselves beautiful, beautiful connections to what real success is all about. And it's interesting, when you become very present to the moment, you know, you feel really, it's, it's hard to even get perspective on, on what success is. I'm actually just thinking, sitting here thinking to myself now, is success... When we look at success, success is something to strive for, but success is off into the future. So really speaking, is success something that nobody ever attains because it's always in the future? It always requires that degree of time traveling into the future to anticipate success, and success is something that you're always striving for, never really feeling like you're achieving because you're never really in the present to pay attention to what's there. I'm actually just getting this now as we're talking. It's like it's as if be here now and every success that's possible is already here mm. because nothing you know, else is possible. And that, yeah. there's a lot of peace that comes with that. I don't know. What so, do you, what do you well, think? Well, I, I, you know, while you were talking, I was thinking of people that we might see as successful um, and I wrote four names down that... I think that we would have seen them as successful, but they've lost their, um, you know, they've lost their lives. So one was Princess Diana. Oh, yeah. And, 
you know, I know she died in a nasty accident and that's what Diana stands for, but um, I know that she died in that. But what was her life like before that? She she just needed to seem to have love. Um, Heath Ledger, so to me he was successful, but he died from an overdose. Whether he meant to or not, who knows? What about Michael Hutchins, Robin Williams? Oh, um, wow. And that... that amazing surfer that had the most beautiful girlfriend had a baby and he died from drugs as well what was what was his name um um uh, anyway and i just kept thinking of all these people who were so successful yet elvis presley elvis oh, okay elvis presley <laughs> you know and you could go through them all and they had all the money in the world they had everything at their fingertips they you know they would Everyone thinks, oh, they travelled, they, you know, they had a adoring fan base. They had everything. Yet, obviously, they weren't happy because they would not have been using drugs, I don't think. Um, and Princess Diana wasn't, I know that. But her life just seemed to be sad, especially after she did that interview. So... When you know, when somebody says, "Oh, what a lot of what a lot of hogwash!" What you girls are saying, because it is all about money. Because money makes you know it all available to people. But here are people who are very wealthy, mm. who had everything, and obviously, if they see, because I see taking drugs as you want to escape your life. Therefore, you're not happy with your life. Therefore, that's not a success. And um, does that make sense? You know, it's mm, very it's so true. It's so true. And, I mean, I agree with Kim. I agree with Kim in that money does help create a lifestyle. I mean, if you've got no money, your number one priority is where am I going to get my next meal mm. from? And that's a lot of pressure and a lot of stress. But I don't, honestly, you know, there's, there's a real stark reality around that is that that the focus for that person in poverty is their next meal. But the focus for the person who does have money is not the next meal. It's something different. But the stress and the feeling that comes with it is just as bad. You know, like we, we put ourselves through such hell no matter how much success we've got because what we're looking for in success is outside of ourselves. We've got it all upside down and inside out. I really, a hand on heart, and I'm telling this to myself as we have this conversation because I just lost my shizzle a little earlier today. But I think that, you know, we, we have so much to be grateful for, yet the stress and the pressure that we put ourselves under is no less than somebody who doesn't have so much. You know, you, you build a life around a certain income. So when it comes to money, you build a life around that certain income and everything you make, you spend anyway. So I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I, I think that the pressure that we put on ourselves, no matter what level we're at financially, the pressure that we put on ourselves is horrendous. Mm, yeah. And, and it actually robs us of the experience of success. It, it's, it's true. You know, it is true. You know, we... Um, you may build a successful business, but then, you know, that successful business requires people. Mm. And, and when you make a profit, the tax department takes it. And then, mm. um, you know, you, I don't know, like, I don't know if success is, is having a thriving business that, um, 
that makes you money that you then pay, give it all out in tax. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not it's, sure. You know? tr- I agree. But you know what, girls, if we, if we were sitting here and, and any of our listeners are listening to this and, and they can't fall pregnant, for instance, they would see falling pregnant as a major success mm-hmm. and a major Absolutely. thing that many of us take for granted. Um, it's and I very think, relative, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. And I think that was the point that you alluded to, Kaz, is, is it's very relative to where you're at in the moment and whatever you're striving for or working on or challenging through or breaking through, maybe it's more about the present moment than what it is your past or your future. Because I know for, for, men, for me personally, if you, if I, I don't even use the word failure in my vocabulary anymore, but if I was to look at the challenges as failures, I think I've had a freaking truckload. Um, but it's out of those in hindsight and when you've worked through the emotional aspect of that, that that's your greatest opportunity for growth and openness and humbleness and um, love, really, love of yourself and how you manage yourself through those challenges. So I, I think you've... Uh, Kaz, I'm having a little moment with you here in this moment and you too, Cindy, but just that real thing of I don't even think it can have a – I don't think it has a definition. Every one of us would have a different definition depending on where we're at right here and what, our, what we're looking for or striving for in each of our lives. I can tell you this, hanging from the story bridge, sitting in an abseiling thing on Karen's Mindset Mastery, I would say it was successful, the fact that those people pinned me into that thing properly. That was success. That would have been a mighty failure had I not been pinned into that properly. But I would also say that coming down the side of that wall, as I was climbing down it, that's an oxymoron, you don't climb down maybe, but as I was working down the side of the building, all I kept thinking of was each each drop is a success. You haven't died, you haven't fallen, you're not, you're not, it was such a cool cool analogy for where I was at because I've always had this thing about heights and as I was going up the side of the story bridges we were climbing it oh Karen I cannot begin to tell you the conversations because I've got all these people around me thinking that I'm really successful they were even telling me as I'm going up the side of the bridge oh my gosh you three girls are amazing we love hanging with you and I'm thinking if you only knew what was going on in my head right now and then I was really honest with them and I said, if you only knew that my fear of heights right here, right now, I'm asking myself, why am I afraid of these heights? Why, one more step higher, I've gone, another step, another step. And I'm so grateful for your encouragement because my hands are shaking right now. But it was based on a fear of falling out of a, of a, of a, of a ride when my sister at nine years of age, she was six, we were on a thing called the teacup, which was a ride at the at the. Easter show, her belt came undone and she actually slipped um, out of the of the holding capsule and I was holding onto her, screaming for dear life for them to stop the the ride. And that came to me as I was going up the side of the the, the story bridge. That that feeling was there again, and I realised that maybe my fear of heights was around losing my sister, you know. And so I was really having this conversation, and I think. Whenever I think of success or challenges or failures, whatever the words are that you use, my challenge to me always, thanks to you and your training, is why am I feeling this and what's pushing these buttons and is there something I can work through and did I die? No, I didn't and I'm not dying right now or now or now. And I was so aware of being in the present 
whenever I get that sense of, of failure or not doing good or not doing well, it brings me right back to that present moment. And that story bridge climb and that abseiling off the side was one of the greatest ahas I had around that. And I think sometimes success is actually putting yourself outside of your comfort zone, doing something maybe that you wouldn't normally do and realising that you do survive in spite of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I think that was one thing that I really got when we did the abseil down the story bridge I, because I've done it a couple of times. And the first time I did it, oh, my goodness, I damn near wet my pants with terror. And mm. I remember seeing everybody's faces, like the terror in everybody's faces as you're hanging off the side <laughs> of that bridge. You know, it's like it's, 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 a, it's, it's a sensation of life, life and death, really. But they've been doing it for over 20 years and they've never lost anybody. So, you know, I don't know what makes us think we're going to be the one. But it's definitely it's definitely a feeling and I think having done it a number of times now the last time when we when I did it with you Kimmy was you know I thought to myself okay well I can just do it like I normally do it but I want to have a different experience I want to feel that um, sense of alivement I want to feel myself smoldering from the inside I want to feel reconnected to the real thrill of what this actually is And I heard one of the girls, when she first hung over the ledge, she said, oh, wow, this feels so free. This feels amazing. And she's never abseiled before. And she said, this feels so free. This feels amazing. And she started swinging. (laughs) And I thought to myself, you are just far too brave, girlfriend. But I thought, that's the perspective I want. That's yeah. a really good way to see through somebody else's Oh, man, it was, it was awesome. It was, and she was so relaxed. She was totally in her cucumber zone. <laughs> cool as. And so when um. I went down, obviously after all of you guys, um, when I went down after all of you guys had gone down, I thought to myself, you know, I want to, um, I really want to feel that and I want to be reconnected to the magic of what all of that is. Mm. And it was just, it was exhilarating. It was really exhilarating. So, again, then, you know, the um, comfort zone gets expanded even beyond that. And that, you're dead right. That is absolutely a sensation of success. Mm. A feeling your, com- your comfort zone absolutely blow out the boundaries. It's, it's mm. huge. It's awesome. Actually, I'm getting really excited now that I think about that. Let's yeah, that I'm feeling it too. Let's go do it again. Let's do it again. Yeah. Can the three of us do it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I missed out. Oh, next time. Um. Actually, actually, we've got one jump in credit. Mm-hmm. So here's what I'm thinking. The three of us can go and see Magic Mike XXL. Maybe. <laughs> okay. And then we go to the jump afterwards. because we'll I do, would we'll jump be... out of a burning building for him. Let's, I would let's, definitely. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Sounds wonderful. Okay, so I'm just going back to the success because while you guys have been talking, I thought, okay, so there's two definitions of success here and that is it all depends on your perspective. So where you are in the moment, um, getting pregnant, if you haven't been able to get pregnant or um, landing your first job, you know, if you yeah. applied for 40 jobs. or So it's, it's all about what's happening in your life and I think it's important that we celebrate those things as well because many people don't do the celebration. They, they just kind of go then move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one. And then second is success overcoming fear which is what you two just talked about. 
Mm. Mm. Is it the overcoming of a fear that you've had? So the fear of meeting someone, the fear of swimming with sharks, the fear of absenting, the fear of um, getting your first job, the fear of getting pregnant even, giving birth. So is there two definitions here? So um, I also looked up on the... uh, you know, on the web, you know, what is the success in here? And, and there was somebody that says here's a better definition and, and theirs was not, um, it's not about financial, um, but it's whether you're happy. So there's a third with success. So happiness, what's ever in your life at the moment that you've succeeded in, which could be every day getting up. And for somebody who's got a disability, mm. it, it, it Maybe, you know, being able to get up in the morning and make a breakfast, that's success. Mm-hmm. And then the overcoming of fear is a success. So it, it, I just feel that there are so many definitions for success and we can't just say this is what success is. Mm. And being happy in making money is also success because you, you, you're making money because you're happy doing what you're doing. You know, so there's there's so many out there. I just think um, it's hard to just define it as one thing. Well, maybe so you, sorry. No, sorry. There you go. Well, I, no, I was just going to say, do you girls remember at our Awaken the Change Within retreat last year and one of the things came up that um, I had made some money or I'd, I had built some money back up or something and then I went, oh, my gosh, I just made, I think it was, I don't know, $10,000 or something or rather, I'd said some comment and and then I went, oh my gosh, I should have put it out there that I wanted a million dollars, not $10,000. And someone in the audience yelled out, oh, don't be greedy now. And Cindy turned around and said, oh, hang on, I want to pull you up on that. You know, if Kim was able to make a million dollars, imagine how many more people she could help. And mm. that was a really big aha I got around success and and achievement and drive did you do you remember that girls yeah I do I remember it very well Mm. yeah I I remember it well because I it's not about being greedy because I've never seen you hang on to money Kim you always give it away in (laughs) in shoes she's good she's really good at it but no what I mean is that she's so um like it's about either increasing her business, by putting on more people, by creating more products, by, I don't know, it's always this, um, she never, you don't, nobody hangs on to it. It's a give and take and it's the cycle that comes around. And and so I see you, Kim, if you had made a million instead of 10,000, then you would have helped more people because I know that that's what you're all about because I see you on your emails at 4.30 in the morning helping people. You know, you're always so giving in what you do. So I, like, I don't know. I, I just, I was a little bit put out by that and I just wanted people to know it's not about the money. It's about what you do with that money. If you hoard it and do everything for yourself, that's different. But it's, um, you know, comes in as easy as it goes out. <laughs> mm. Well, let's flip it then. The other, the other side, which was a number of the questions on that beautiful feed on our Facebook page, was, you know, how do you girls cope with failure? Um, what do you do to overcome that? And how do you still stay good with a sense of self-esteem and all of that sort of jazz? If, if I was to ask both of you that question, um, first of all, do you feel you failed? 
um, and be honest. Um, and then what have you both done in order to um, turn those, those failures around? Do you want to go first, Carolyn, or do you want me um, to? No, you can go. You go. All right. Okay. So um, I think we need to realise that failure isn't failure, it's a lesson. And I, I know that, that I, I, I learned this from a very young age because it was um, Alexander Bell, was it, the guy that um, figured out the light bulb? Yeah. I can't remember if it was Alexander Bell or who it was, but, you know, he when he was said, oh, my gosh, how many times have you failed to make it? And he said, no, I just figured out a thousand ways that you don't make a light bulb or a hundred ways you don't it. make a light bulb. Mm. Yeah. Love it. So, and it's true. Um, I, I, You know, you could say that I failed right up until maybe five years ago in everything that I did because... I still was in my house. I was working out of my home. Um, I had one person that worked for me part time. Uh, I don't know. I did. You could, I didn't, but that's not right because what was happening in my life was in, um, was that I had kids at home. If I was doing what I was doing right now, I wouldn't have the freedom um, back then. I didn't have that freedom back then because my life was my kids. And then when the kids finally finished school and everything was over there, then I was able to step into a new role. So the success for me in that role was being a mother. And now I'm in a new role and it is my, it is my business, but it's still, I'm, I'm still a mother and I'm still a friend. So I don't, I don't think that you can ever talk about failures as being failures, but rather lessons and ways not to do something or to teach you how to get to that next point in your life. So, yeah, that's, I don't want to say that I've ever failed at anything um, because I never got to the Olympics in skiing. Was that a failure? No, because I went to another avenue in my life. Um, I, don't no, know, I, would yeah, like that, say, I would like to say that you failed on Alexander Bell. I mean, if you really think about it, uh, Bell's phone. It was uh, a phone. Yeah. That was the phone. Oh, he was the phone. Okay. And it was okay. The or someone else. That oh, it's Edison. That is so. I'm nice actually funny. really excited that I, I as in Kim Morrison hashtag part, picked up on a little failure there. I, I'm actually really excited. I'm <laughs> no, you know what? I won't make that mistake again, will I? Because now I know it was not Alexander Bell, but Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison. Oh, I think, was it? Oh, my God, am I now oh, so Do I need to Google it? Oh, my God, you better. You know what I watched last night? I watched with my son and my husband that movie where um, it's all about, it's a cartoon and it's about being uh, in the brain of the person oh, and all really? the emotions. Oh, what's that Oh, my called? gosh. Um, I've seen yeah. that. I so want to watch that. Uh, it's hilarious and it was all the memories and, you know, that it's not my fault that I've forgotten that it was either Alexander Bell or Thomas Edison. It's that emotion in there that dropped my memory and it's not important anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you on that. <laughs> oh, that's great. What about you, Kaz? Like, what do you think of failure and what is your definition of all of that? You're the mindset person. How does that screw with our heads? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, far too much. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, look, it's, you know, it's really fascinating because there's my own personal experience, but then there's also what I know, you know, most people suffer with, or not most people, but a lot of people suffer with. So for my own personal experience, it was never something that we were um, conditioned with growing up. We never, you know, my parents never explained what failing was. So it was never something that I had a frame of reference for. And I think it's very similar to you, Cindy, in that everything is just another experience. It's just another step in the right direction. And as soon as we apply the word failure to it, then all of a sudden it becomes like a waste of time or a waste of energy. And from my conditioning and from my growing up and from what I learned, I never learned that that was ever a waste of time. Mm. I only ever learned that everything that I did would bring me closer to what I wanted. I only ever learned that. So even when things do all turn to shizzle and I, you know, have a bit of a conniption or a meltdown, I still don't have the association in my mind that I failed. Um, I always have the association in my mind that there's just something else around the corner or hang in there or this is forcing me to decide whether I really want this anymore. And um, I think... That's always been my frame of reference for it. But I know that a lot of people have got a lot of meaning around those words like failure and, you know, like we were talking about, Kimmy, when you made that 10 grand, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people apply greed to wanting more. And, Mm. um, And that's got nothing to do with the truth. That's just got everything to do with the way that they apply the meaning and their own reality which is not their own bloody reality, by the way. It's just, it's a conditioning. It's just a belief that they've, that they've established over the years that some peanut gave them, you know, and no offense to mums and dads, but sometimes mums and dads are going to be a peanut. Like they're going to give us beliefs that are their own, that are born out of their own experiences or their own conditioning. And it's not true, right or real. It's just their own belief that beats them up. You know, when things don't go right. And I think that's that's the crime. Because the truth of the matter is, if things were supposed to be different, they would be. Mm. And the fact that they're not different is because if it's causing us pain and struggle, it's because it's showing that we're out of alignment. So just get back in alignment. Recognize it for what it is and don't make meaning of it that's self-destructive. Recognize it as an, as an opportunity to either work a little bit harder, try a little harder or change directions or improve your resources or, you know, it, there's always an answer to everything. doesn't matter what a person's experiencing, there is an answer to it that will have them shift direction and change results. Always. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. But the minute we get caught up in the belief of it being failure, we're stuck. And then we just circulate inside of failure. I'm not good enough. I'll never be enough. My dad was right. Or, you know, I'm never going to do this. This is never going to work for me. It'll always work for her, but it'll never work for me. What's wrong with me? There's something wrong with me. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And then we just circulate inside of all of that. And then, of course, that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And the more time we spend there, you know, the more time that gets wasted on things that could have been very fulfilling or very exciting or very enticing. So I think that I think it's really, you know, if anybody has that's listening to the podcast that has any beliefs around failure, then it's not a case of looking at what you're doing to avoid the failure. I really want to really, really stress this. Don't look at what you're doing in order to avoid the failure. Put your energy into addressing what failure means to you 
what you apply failure to and how it keeps you stuck. That's the work. The work is on the failure and the story and the belief and the conditioning around failure. The work is not around what you're doing because what you're doing is perfect, magical, and nothing needs to fail. Everything can be a success. Everything can be a smashing success. It just depends on how far you want to go with it. But our belief around failure is the very thing that has us fail. That's what I believe. Oh, I think it's brilliant. I think as a mum of a, and I think as women, we can articulate this and we can do it. But I think men are a little bit more black and white. When I look at Jacob, when he's missed a kick in rugby, or if he's dropped something, like there, there's just this energy around, they're so, he's so frustrated or angry mm. that he has failed in that moment. Mm. And my challenge for him is always as a mum, and I, I have been told to shut up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I'll get off the park and go. Oh no, you still did great. Oh no, you're still brilliant. I thought you were. He goes, Mum, shut up. I was useless. I, I completely failed today. I dropped the ball. I missed the goal. And just shut up. And I'm like, mm. I think sometimes. <laughs> right, I, right. You were told. I was, and I do get told. But I think what I've learned with him and the mums out there of, of sons or husbands that are very competitive will hear me on this that. Sometimes we just need to sit in the perturbation of what that was in that moment totally, um, and allow ourselves the emotion. Because I think disappointment, anger, frustration, um, being annoyed that we maybe didn't hit a, a, a milestone or something that we'd aspired to, I think we can allow ourselves the luxury of, of wallowing in that for a little bit. My challenge with Jacob then is, all right, I will shut up, but once he's calmed his farm, his words, um, once he's calmed down, then I will go back to him and kind of say, mate, how'd you feel? You know, what did it do for you? Sorry that I interrupted you on that. I, I just want you to know that I think you're awesome no matter what, and it's just a game. But at the end of the day, let's, let's look at why you didn't achieve to where you wanted to get to, and maybe next time round there's a better way of handling it in the sense of maybe the, the sign or the message was you hadn't put enough practice in this week. Yeah. Let's look at the fact that you, you had a cold this week. Let's look at the fact that dad's just gone away again and maybe your emotions just came out. You know, there's no wrong in this. But I think the inquiry is what I've learned from you, Karen, and mm. teaching my kids is the inquiry yeah. as to what was the reaction to that moment as opposed to um, just living in the reaction and, yeah. and constantly repeating that reaction. is You know, that's where I've really tried to work. And in teaching my son and my daughter that, it's a real reminder for my own self-expression in those times of what I would see as perhaps a, not reaching a milestone or a failure or a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. And I do. I absolutely agree with you. It's in the inquiry. It's in the. It's in the willingness to go inside and actually have a look and see what's going on for yourself. Because when you know that, then you've got a place to work from. But mm. when all that you have is just the constant swinging around, you know, I'm a failure. I'm a failure. I'm a failure. Then there's nothing to work with with that. No. It, you know what's really interesting is watching the tennis players um, and how they uh, look at their failures as far as they didn't get it over the net or they, you know, they had a double fault or something like that. I, th I find that really interesting and in how they talk to themselves mm. and you will see some berate themselves and others will not berate themselves but almost in their mind you can see them going, okay, that was, you know, I did this wrong, I need to pull it over. and. You know, I, 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 that's, that's what I think is important is that 
we stop berating ourselves um, and stop wallowing in it and start, you know, going, okay, how can I do that better and move on. Yeah. And, and the other thing is it's all very well in hindsight, you know. It, you look at it in hindsight and you can actually go, oh, my gosh, if I didn't do that, then I wouldn't have been there and then this wouldn't have been happening. And then perhaps the people that are listening right now could and if they do feel like they've failed in their lives, perhaps what they need to do is go back through their life, and I know we shouldn't go back in the past, but it might be a good thing for them to do and go, oh, my gosh, if I didn't fail that, then I wouldn't have met this person and I wouldn't be doing this and then this wouldn't have been happening and celebrate the fact that, you know, that the reason that happened, as you say, Karen, is because it was perfect at the time. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be any other way. No. Yeah. No. I think so that's I, a great lesson I've learned from you two is um, even in the moment, and, and it's very hard to think so pragmatically and beautifully and mindfully. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you want to throw your cot, or oh, not the cot, but not throw the cot, but throw the toys out of the cot, but you want to, um, <laughs> <laughs> you do want to throw the cot. <laughs> I, I'm just laughing because on the weekend we played tennis for the first time in five years and, oh, my God, you would have thought that I was trying to ice skate for the first time in five years. Like, seriously, <laughs> honestly, the number of fresh air shots and the, the <laughs> that went over the fence to the bird, the butcher bird that was sitting, I nearly hit him. And there was just, we were in hysterics. My son, however was so shitty, so grumpy, and here he was trying to beat my brother. Now, this is the competitive, which is why I think it's important to bring up the way men do this. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to turn around and say to him, oh, for God's sake, pull your head in, and, oh, Jacob, you missed the ball, and then I'd sort of laugh a couple of things. No, my brother just turned around. My brother said nothing to him, and then Jacob threw the racket and then walked off the court and went, I'm, I'm going to go home. I'm just going to go home. Anyway, so we stood there, and I'm thinking, ooh, I better not. I better not get involved in this. Anyway, we carried on and then Aaron just quietly turned around to Jake and said, mate, when was the last time you held a tennis racket? And Jake goes, what? And he just goes, you know, seriously, when was the last time you held a tennis racket? He goes, you've actually got everything it takes to play an awesome game of tennis. You get to every shot that I play to you. Your thing is just practice and experience. So I'm asking you this. If you practice this 100 times, do you reckon you'd get to the ball better and you'd hit it back to me? And Jacob just looked and he goes, I'm just, I just want you to think about it. I mean, you might as well go home if you don't want to play anymore, but we'd probably get another 100 shots in here before we all decide to go home. And how would you feel at the end of that? And I just, Jacob just stood there. We carried on playing. Then he just went, yeah, it's my turn. I'm back on the court. So he <laughs> came on. And we had the best next, we played for two and a half hours. None of us could walk the next night. Jacob could, but Aaron and I sat there trying to roll on rollers and do everything we could that night. But, <laughs> but, Ice bath, ice bath. Ice bath, it's an age thing. It was, it was. And there was no way my brother was going to let Jacob beat him. <laughs> but it was, it was just, um, it was really good to watch the, the lion with the, the cub, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I realised it was really powerful and his languaging around, you know, practice makes perfect. And Dan, Dan Carter, hashtag hunk, um, all black, number 10, um, who always hits the ball over almost perfectly every time, just saying. Um, <laughs> She's such a dag. <laughs> but he gave Jake, he signed a poster for Jacob and he went, practice makes perfect. Actually, perfect practice makes perfect. And I really loved that. And, and I thought, you know, it's we all look at these top tennis players or top people or people in business or 
I, I can't begin to imagine the amount of so-called failures they would have had or not shots. I mean, what's his name? The top basketball player mm. um, always says that. You know, I, I practiced a thousand misses before I got you know, a good a good number of rights or whatever. And, and I just think that's what we have to keep in mind is you, you no one can be brilliant at anything until we've practiced perhaps or, or maybe so we can be, be good at being in the moment is a good practice. Absolutely. That's so true. It's so true. Without that, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just wishful thinking actually. It's not mm. a reality. And it's almost throwing tantrums. Like, oh, I know. It's, it's, it's resorting to the to the little tantrum inside of you when you don't get it right or it's not going your way. I have not met anybody yet, and I don't know if you two are the same. I have not met anybody yet who has gone, you know what? My life has been one whole breeze. Everything I've aimed for, I've got. Every person I've wanted to meet, I've met. Every meal I've eaten is perfect. Every time I exercise, I come back the shining, unbelievable light of being. I'm unbelievable. I never get angry. I never get upset. I never cry. I never lose money. I never make money. I, do, I, I don't know if you've met anybody. So, so I love your line, Karen. Welcome to the human race. So why do we, <laughs> why do we compare ourselves to thinking we should be something other than you know, what it's in the moment? It's sad, really, isn't it? it yeah. But, Kimmy, good point. Bloody good point. You know, the, the fact that nobody on this planet can say, oh, everything's perfect. There's not one thing that I've, you know, done wrong. I don't think, actually, if anybody is there, out there listening to us, who can say that about their lives, we'd like to hear from you because we're going to interview you, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure we'll get Jesus Christ, Buddha, or any Hindu God or anybody on the line, but. Hey, Jesus Christ was not perfect, remember. This yeah, is but everyone Jesus thinks Christ, But he, he got mad. Remember, he got mad um, at the people that were desecrating the temple um at one stage and he he was upset about himself and and i and i'm sure you know when he was hanging there on the cross and i think he says something like why have you deserted me now that's not perfect perfection because god doesn't desert apparently so even mm. even you know i'm sorry but i don't think i i i think you made a bloody good point there I, and it's i never really thought about it before because what happens is we as human beings look at other human beings that we think have a perfect life. They may have, you know, the perfect home, the perfect, I don't know, just um, It's never just what some it seems. Sorry? It's never what it seems. like. No, and it's not ever what it seems. I, look, I remember, um, and this is really admitting something that I'm, I'm not especially proud of. Oh, go on. Oh, go on. Yeah, this is going to be juicy. But, oh, I like it. <laughs> but when I was at Matthew yeah, Oh, my God. Hang on, hang on. Can we just have a <laughs> But when I was at Matthew Flinders, I used to watch the mums and what they'd drive up in. So, I, you know, I just had a, a normal Toyota. But, you know, they'd drive up in their Range Rovers and their BMWs and their Mercedes and I'd always look at them and I'd go oh, they must have a really you know, easy financial life. And, you know, I, I'd make these comments to myself. I'd never seen their home. I didn't know what their life was like. I'd just look at the car and go, oh, you know, I, do you know what I mean? Mm, totally. And then now in hindsight, and in hindsight's very good, 
I look at that, some of those women that were driving those beautiful cars and then I realised they had beautiful homes and they had everything. And I, I look at them now and then most of them are divorced. Mm. Um, many of them, are, they were living on, um, basically they were living on borrowed money. Um, and even on the outside they looked successful and even I remember some, I'd look at them and go, Everything seemed perfect in their lives, but you don't you don't really realize what's happening in anyone's life. And so, I guess what I'm trying to say is that um, we need to really realize that nobody has that perfect life. Nobody has that um, that thing going. Even though on the outside they may look at, you don't know what's happening on the inside. And that was a really big lesson to me: is that you know. That, that type of thing of looking at someone and looking at their vehicle because that's probably the only time you're ever going to see them and they're driving these prestige vehicles. But it really doesn't mean anything, does it? Oh, it's like, and I, whenever I drive around Minyama Island or Noosa or, you know, all these beautiful homes, and I always sit there thinking, God, will I, ever, will I ever have that again or will I ever be able to be that again? And then all of a sudden I went, okay, let's just say I had it. I do this to myself sometimes. I, I, I'll sit there and I go, okay, let's say I had it. Now what? And then I go, oh, like that's a real big challenge. Now what? <laughs> so I think I've really learned the art of being in the moment. Part of the building up of something or creating something or aspiring to something is actually the real juice. That's the, that's, that's the essence of what it is. And then when you do, say, accomplish something or buy something or create something or achieve something, I don't know anybody yet again that I've met that hasn't gone, okay, on to the next thing or what else is there or it's a never-ending plethora of, of opportunity and, and goals and if we were all the same, we'd all be aspiring for the same thing. I mean, not everybody will want to ever own a business and some days I can absolutely understand why. Um, that there's other people out there that will never want to speak, but there's people out there that would love to learn how to speak. There's people out there that would love to become parents. And I think every little step, every little thing we do, it's more about honouring the process, the, the, the achievement or how we picked ourselves up from destitution or failure or compromise or whatever it was that we've had to come through. It's how we pick ourselves up. That's when I look at someone as successful, actually, when, when I look at someone going through a tough time and, and then they all of a sudden go, but you know what, it is what it is. I have to turn this around. Give me 24 hours to wallow. Bring me a bottle of wine. Do whatever it takes. Um, but you know what, tomorrow will, the sun will shine again and I'll be back on my feet. And I love being around people like that. I love hearing people. I love hearing people's so-called failures. I keep saying inverted commas and doing that and realising none of you can see that. Um, but I keep imagining the, you know, the inverted commas of failure and then going, and then going you know, actually, what is it that gets you back up? How? Okay, let's ask you both that. I know we're coming to the end, but what is it when you're going through challenge, perturbation, failure, whatever it is that word is, what do you both say or do to yourselves to pick yourselves up again? Because you two are the epitomes at... I, I just, I always, I have you two in my head. Whenever I'm going through something, I have your th your thoughts, your words as coaching me through. What do you say? Well, I call you two. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true that. If we want to be true honest that. about it, let's just, true that. Yeah. Let's just if, say if it. I'm, 
Yeah, if I'm going to be honest, if I really am struggling, um, I will probably call one of you. And then once you've slapped me around <laughs> and given me the truth, I pick myself up and I keep going. I mean, and, and I'm very serious because I remember the other day I said something to Kim. I just said, oh, I think I did something like, oh, da-da-da-da-da. And Kim goes, she just spins it into the positive. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I was negative. I was really negative about that and I should not be negative about that. And oh, it, it was a lot of, had a lot of the scripts to read and go through. And yeah. you're like, oh, God, I've got all this yeah. week to read this week. And I went, oh, my gosh, look what you're creating. That's all I Yeah, it was the documentaries. I, you know, I have 24 hours of scripts to read. And, and it was just, and you did, you turned it around. And then I got excited to read them. And, um, and what was really interesting is that um, the amount of people that I've interviewed, which is to 14 now, and each one of them have been, you know, two and three hours. And it was, it was really interesting because reading them, you actually really pick up on more than what they said. And I remember interviewing my eighth or ninth person and she said something about the shikamate pathway. And I'm like, the shika what? The shika what? You know, so I'm asking her about it and then she gave me information to read about it. Well, you're not going to believe it. But you know when something's, you're not aware about the name of something? Two people before her, had mentioned the shikimate pathway. Ooh. And by reading it, I, I saw it. I went, oh, my gosh, two more people talked about the shikimate pathway. So it was, you know, that what's, was what's then. What's the shikimate I, pathway? Sorry, what's that? What is it? All right. So um, it's when you're really frustrated and you want to ring a girlfriend. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, shikimate. Oh, shit. Oh, you're so clever. <laughs> I think it's our new swear word, actually. Uh, Go All you. right, so, this, so is, this will be in the documentary, but it's, it's really worth knowing. So Monsanto is a huge company that one of their products is called Roundup. Roundup has a chemical in it called glyphosate. It's been proven that glyphosate does not affect cell biochemistry in the human body. But what glyphosate is and what Roundup is, is a herbicide. It kills the microbiology of the soil. So when we realize that we are 10% genetically human and perhaps 90% genetically bugs, microorganisms, then we realize that the shikimate pathway that only bugs do is being destroyed by well, they're destroying the bugs, which mean the bugs can't produce the shikimate pathway and, and, and glyphosate somehow stops that. So what does the shikimate pathway do? When fructose is given to a um, part of our microbiome, which is sugar, it produces something called PEP. PEP then goes through the shikimate pathway and makes our aromatic amino acids. Our aromatic amino acids are tyrosine, tryptophan and phenylalanine. These three amino acids are essential to make our neurotransmitters, Karen Smith, mm. including dopamine, yeah. serotonin and noradrenaline yeah. in the gut. So you know, you know the importance of those neurotransmitters. So Roundup is something that is um, 
that sprayed on our wheat, it sprayed on our sports fields, it sprayed on the side of the road, it sprayed on our sugar cane. It's actually in the last 10 years been um, something that is being sprayed um, everywhere and we're exposed to it. Our guts are being destroyed, our gut microbiome is being destroyed. It's not making the, you know, the aromatic amino acids which in turn affects our brain basically. And, and our nervous system and how it communicates. So it's really, you know, when Kim said to me, hey, what a great position to be in. Um, like I said, the first pe- people I do to pick myself up, and I don't know, you know, we did go on a bit of a tangent then, but the first person I do when I, to pick myself up is I, I ring you guys. And then all of a sudden that whole thing happened because I, I got on my, I sat down and I said, right, I'm going to spend Sunday doing this. And then I get this great discovery. And then, I don't know, that's success, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I'm not quite sure I would have passed microbiology and, um, been able to repeat that in the same way. Um, I'm not sure I'd call that a failure, but I'm actually really glad to say that I'm part of your success. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> I will take that, claim that as my own. Uh, All right, Karen, how, uh, both of you have to say, how do you pick yourselves up? Um, how do I pick myself up? I, um, I'm just trying to think. You know, when I get to when I get to those moments where I can barely breathe with concern oh. and feeling lost and, and confused. Fortunately they don't happen that often, but when they do happen, it kind of really bites me on the bum and it brings up a whole bunch of, you know, negative self talk and all of that sort of stuff. And I think that's, you know I don't know that I'm necessarily alone in that. But the upside I think is that you know, when you know better, you choose better. And even though you might have very moments of, of, of major humanness and bended knee and tears in eyes, those moments don't last for very long. You know, I think it's really sometimes life can bring us to our knees. But I think if we stay there, there's a problem. And that's what I try to focus on. And I think because I spent so much time broken, I spent so many years depressed and I spent so many years wasted in a whirlwind of my own thoughts about how good I was or how good I wasn't. I think I'm very mindful now that I'm not prepared to sacrifice any more time. I'm really only prepared to be in the experience of feeling down and out, but then my job's to pull myself out. And if I knew how to get out of it, then I would have already done it. And so I look at it as a way to say, okay, there are people that I need to lean on who've walked this path before me. And I'm also very blessed to have you girls. And I'm also very, very blessed to have my sister who is, um, you know, she's, she's somebody who can shine a light in places that I'd never be able to reach the light switch for mm. because she's, you know, been an incredible success. She's experienced all the magic and she, she sees, you know, she sees so clearly. But I think unless... I'm in a position to actually pick myself up and go in search of my answers, then I'm going to stay stuck for a long time. And that's just not something I'm willing to do. I'm not willing to sacrifice time. I'm not willing to sacrifice time spinning around in the I don't know and the I'm not good enough. I'm, wi- I'm only willing to be in the place of this is teaching me something. And unless I open my eyes, I don't see it. I'll miss it. And life will show this to me again. And I don't want that. I want to get it first time round. 
<laughs> I don't want so history true. to repeat itself. I want to get it first time. Oh, it's so oh, true. Yeah. And I think we waste so much time in our life just bashing ourselves up and you're right, don't waste time, don't do that. Just Ooh. move on, um, learn from the experience and, and learn on. move on. What about you, Kimmy? Probably similar to you both. I'm, you know, I've got both of you. I, I'm very privileged. I think when you are someone who's active and being the best that you can be and constantly see yourself as a whip or a work in progress, then you're open to all things. And I think for me, obviously, one of the things I reach for instantly in any state is my oils. And I spritz the heck out of myself, which is also a reminder to wake the hell up. Um, I, I'm very lucky because I do this so openly and when I see other people going through things, I spritz or inhale or rub them or do whatever. I see It's so have- true. It's so <laughs> true. You spritz me all the time when I'm out there. <laughs> <laughs> but then in turn, I'll have my kids run me a bath or I'll have someone rub my shoulders um, with and put a drop of oil on or I'll, I think, you know, be the example and it comes back to you tenfold. That's not to say I don't throw wobblies or I'm not an absolute space cadet or a, oh, a one soul or a tart or a <laughs> tart um, <laughs> or a, you know, that, you know, I've, I've lost it with my kids but then I'll walk away, spritz myself, take a deep breath and then have the guts and courage to go back in there and apologise or I apologise to myself more so. I've taught, I've taught myself to apologise to me at the moment and I have these funny little, ever since Karen has mentioned and talked about, and I really put it into practice after doing Mindset Mastery, was I put that little story going on in my head, I put it into another person, mm. I visualise someone sitting on it, and, um, <laughs> and and I really do. And it kind of, if nothing else, the humour that comes back out into that is enough to allow me to be more playful in the in the extraordinary stupidness of what I'm feeling. And then I can come back into, okay, well, it's just that was just a moment, and now here I am again in this moment, and I can do better now. So, you know, I still beat myself up. I'm not saying I'm perfect, and I still think I'm a failure or useless or stupid or fat or ugly. I have those words in my head at times. I'm not going to deny it or pretend that they don't happen, but I think you said it, Karen, that it just doesn't seem to last as long anymore. And yeah, it's these, yeah. these podcasts and these conversations and listening to other people I look up to that I go, wow. They seem to have all their shizzle in one little place, as you would say. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I'm very grateful, very grateful for the learnings, very grateful that our listeners see that in us, which also, I have to be honest with you, being on a podcast like this with so many thousands of listeners and being on stage with so many people wanting to hear what I've got to say really makes me accountable to my own shizzle, I will say. Mm, totally, I, doesn't it? I don't want to own that stuff. I don't want to be there. I don't. I want to be the light that you think I am and... If that makes me step up, then sometimes being the teacher is also the greatest part of learning um, where you see your own self very magnified. And, and my children will attest to that. I've had Jacob turn around and go, oh, if all the people on the podcast could hear you now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's right. I'm like, oh, my God, if they could hear me now, they would think I was a definite level one soul. Um, but then I think, all right, if they were, if they were watching me now. Now I've picked myself up and I've said sorry and I've spritzed myself and I've made myself a nice um, keto coffee and I'm sitting here and I'm in a much better place. So it's yeah. <laughs> a <good> reminder. <laughs> oh, yes, I get that one too, Kimmy. Uh, <laughs> oh, if they could only see you now. 
goodness gracious, how hilarious. Mm, mm. You just don't have kids to say that to you. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm very grateful for something. You've just got the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you, you know what, Pat? I, rec- I reckon you would notice that when you are misbehaving or not being your most authentic, beautiful, true self or when you are having those little moments, which we are allowed to have, I might add, I reckon one of your puppy dogs or there's a phone call or a text or an email, you watch what happens when we unfold the openness of this that there's people there to remind you or dogs or friends or animal there's something that comes in to remind you you just have to be open to seeing what it is and you are for sure absolutely imagine us all at the top in Machu Picchu when we're all here and we're standing at the top all together in a big hug and a group and we're going oh my god is this success in fact I'm going to put it out to you. I'm going to say that at the top of our climb. I'm going to turn around and say to you, is this our success, girlfriends? So we've still got two spots on Machu Picchu up for grabs. We've had so many people inquire about it. And honestly, I've got so many of those itineraries out there. I don't know who's going to come back and book themselves in. But right now, there's still two spots. I can't (laughs) wait. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. It's going to be extreme. Because we're going, I, I had a closer look at the itinerary and Cindy, the food, the restaurants that we're going to are just breathtaking. When it comes to that kind of food, it's all so organic and beautifully grown. Um, and, you know, their whole, um, their whole culture and their whole way of being and interacting with the earth is just profound. I mean, really, I can see myself getting lost in that. Mm-hmm. And then when we arrive up at the top of Machu Picchu and all the way through the whole um, trek, we're going to be doing meditations, we're going to be doing visualizations, we're going to be setting um, the foundations for our creativity so that when we come back to Australia or back into our lives, we've actually got the most profound direction beyond what we could ever have imagined without it. Um, you know, if we've got businesses or if you've got families, we're going to have the most amazing direction in the context of creating an accelerated journey, like accelerated growth and accelerated experiences so that we're not sitting around waiting for life to unfold for us. We're actually the initiator. And I can't, I, I, honestly, I can't wait. Me neither. Yeah. I'm just and, I mean, if, if I got a buzz at a climbing flipping story bridge, what am I going to be like there? I'm just saying. You're going to be out of control, oh. girlfriend. <laughs> it's, you know what? It's, it's actually going to be uh, amazing to not only share it with you two, but to share it with the people that are coming with mm-hmm. us. And I do know that many people have quite amazing experiences um, in at Machu Picchu as well as the surrounding areas and where we're going. And, you know, it can, for some people, we're at high altitudes and it will put them, um, you know, above what they prob- probably think that they can do. Mm-hmm. But with all of us together, I think collectively we will help everybody through the hiking, um, you know, through everything that they, they're challenged with because we're all challenged differently and it will be really, it'll be really fascinating, I think. I'm really looking forward to it. It's so, been on my bucket list for so long, so I'm Aye. so excited for it. Yeah. Aye. And I think too, just on that, I think that there's an opportunity for everybody to see it as, um, getting a new perspective, you know, taking a, a higher perspective and the perspective that we swim around in every day. There's a, a whole other perspective that only height can give us and only elevation can give us. So you've got to get up and get out of the battlefield in order to experience that majesty. 
And sometimes it comes with a bit of a challenge. Sometimes the air is a little thinner up there. But mm. And it's also being in nature, Karen. I, I just, yeah. you know, that's um, a lot of people don't get out of their homes and their city and they don't um, have that um, connection with nature and the sun and the moon and, and knowing what's happening because that's also important. So... Uh, that you know, that's what I'm really looking forward to. I know whenever I go out into nature and I go camping, where I see the moon and the sun, just I don't know. You sleep better, things work better for you. You think better. You, it, yeah, your body works better. So, looking forward to it. Oh, magic! And if they can't come to Machu Picchu, though, yes, we three are together next time in August. That's next right. month, next we month. are together very shortly. In a couple of weeks, we are all in Melbourne. So. If you can't make Machu Picchu, Melbourne might be the next best bet, do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think so. And it would actually, it would be next week, Kimmy. Oh, yes, yes it will be. Because yeah. it's going to be next week. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. It, what, Melbourne? Yeah. Wellness Summit's oh, the 15th of August. Mm. 15th of August, yeah, it is too. Mm. Oh, yay, going to the cold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, with those other yummy wellness boys, though, and with beautiful Joe Witten and Nat Congrad. It's like, honestly, there's such a beautiful lineup of people. So excited to see you. And it's the, the last time the three of us will be together on stage for, for the year. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I Very love you. Sorry. I just had to bring that one in, too, because there was an inquiry this morning on Up for a Chat. So, no, that's awesome. I'm glad that you did. So everybody, make sure that you go to our Facebook page and you send all of your questions, all of your thoughts and all of your ideas about today's podcast. Tell us about what success and failure feels like for you. Hit us with it. You can also go to all the w's.facebook. Uh, here we go. To go to our Facebook page, go to all the w's.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. And you can also post your comments on all the w's.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. So make sure that you do that. Stay connected with us. Interact with us. We're your girlfriends, you know. So <laughs> A little bit special needs at times, but we're all there. Bit. Yes, yes, just a little bit. So join us here next week on Up for Chat and become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. We're going to see you on the ride. Bye for now, everybody. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.